Hi friend, let's be honest. If you're anything like me, your life probably feels busy, crazy, and full. But even in the midst of the day-to-day, and no matter what life stage you're currently in, maybe you find yourself constantly longing for something deeper, something real. Maybe like me, you wonder about things like restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. In truth, I am on an imperfect journey of pursuing Jesus Christ and what it looks like to find those things in a relationship with Him. It's a journey I committed to years ago when I dedicated my life to following Christ, and it's a journey I invite friends to explore with me, even if, and honestly, especially if, you're not sure what path you're on. So for those who are skeptical, curious, or just need some encouragement, well, this podcast is for you. Come along with me as we journey together towards finding something real. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood. As you know, we are talking about a journey towards finding redemption, eternity, authenticity, and love. And we've been talking with friends about ish, meaning things that sometimes get in the way of that journey. And today, I'm so excited for you to join me in welcoming someone that I love. Today's guest is Alyssa. She's a 20-year-old college student studying psychology, which is something I studied too and love, by the way. Um, A world traveler, yes, and one of the sweetest people I know. So welcome, Alyssa. Hi, Janelle. So good to talk to you (laughs) on record. (laughs) Yay. Yeah, we've been talking for a few minutes. Um, I really wanted you to be on this podcast, Alyssa. You and I have only known each other for what, about a year? Yeah, about a year. <laughs> yeah. And um, I know you were surprised when I told you. <laughs> you were one of the first people I thought of. But um, even though we're in different life stages, you and I have had some really great conversations about this topic that this podcast is about, which is finding something real. Um, mm-hmm. And you really were one of the first people that I thought about. Um, did you ever watch Anna Green Gables? Did we talk about this? You did mention her. I, I haven't oh read the book or seen Well, yeah. you're a kindred spirit. So I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta call Alyssa. Oh. <laughs> so I would love, um, since we are in different life stages, I would love to share a little bit of your story. Would you mind sharing just a little bit of your background and, and who you are and, and that journey towards finding something real? So... This is like my testimony, right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, So I come from a Christian family. Um, Actually, I'm the third generation of Christians, at least, from both sides of my family, uh, which is a very big blessing. And I have four older brothers, and we all love Jesus, and our parents actually met on the mission field. Um, So I grew up in a household that really loved the Lord, and... We were in a great church that um, that the community was a very strong priority there, and um, there are lots of people and adults who were willing and wanting to invest in our lives, which was a huge blessing. I remember the first time I experienced the Holy Spirit was when I was 11 at a kids' camp, um, and I remember hearing about God and knowing that God was good and God was loving and He was wonderful. Um, but it wasn't until I was in worship and the song was just, um, it's called Dwelling Places Hmm. by Hillsong. It's an old Hillsong song. Um, 
and it's just a song about loving the Lord and just praising Him and um, God stole my heart there and I knew it was real <laughs> when I was 11 and um, ever since then it's been a roller coaster ride but one thing that hasn't changed is that God still has my heart um, and we'll see where that takes me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it wasn't perfect. There is hardship too. Um, but I know for some people it's been a lot harder. Um, you could even say from an objective view. Um, I, I know for a fact that I have had a very cushed childhood, which uh, I'm very grateful for. But I've also had some very uh, deep heartbreaks from people and from this world. And um, it's been a blessing to have Jesus on my side the entire time, I guess. Yeah. And to, yeah, I didn't always feel like he was close or that he was real, I think. There were some times, especially in Hurt, which um, I think you had mentioned you want to talk about a little <laughs> bit, um, but especially in the Hurt and feelings of betrayal that I felt God was the furthest, but <laughs> I knew that he wasn't too far yeah. and I know I know intellectually he wasn't even far he was with me the whole time but sometimes it feels different <laughs> yeah so would you mind sharing a little bit you mentioned the hurt would you mind sharing a little bit of that because I I know that we're studying um the series ish identity and impetus and um ish it's the things that get in the way and so tell me mm. about your ish hmm uh, yeah, so um, I came to the Lord when I was quite young, and actually a big um, influencer in my life was my children's pastor and then my youth pastor when I got to high school. She actually um, had been my babysitter when I was little, and then when she became the children's pastor, I joined the children's ministry. It was like kind of all lined up time, timing-wise. And I had a really great mentor. Um, well, she was my really great mentor through high school as well. Um, and we had gotten so, so close. And it's kind of like, I think it's like this with anyone. Um, but, you know, when you admire somebody, you kind of mimic them. And mm -hmm. for me, I really admired my mentor. And I spent every single moment I could with her. And I would... Like every weekend I'd be with her and then sometimes on weekdays I'd go to see her and like probably four days a week I would at least see her and then I would spend like like a majority of the day with her. Um, and it would either just be us two or it would be us with the youth group or with the children's group or wh whatever it was. Um, but I knew her for over a decade. So she was my longest friend and um, biggest admiration. And I had actually known everything I really knew about following God from her mm -hmm. and I just kind of copied everything she did and how she loved God is how I would love God too and I was kind of like her little disciple I guess um mm -hmm. and when I uh so when I was 16 so junior year of high school um oh no I must have been 17 um she had sat me down and I found out that for like the last two years, she had been in a romantic relationship with um, one of my closest guy friends and as well. Um, 
he was, he is <laughs> uh, 14 years younger than her, so I wasn't expecting it. Mm. And she's single. I guess she was single at the time. Um, I thought she was single. <laughs> um, and had confessed that they had been having a, they had been, uh, you know, how do you want to, I don't know how PG you're keeping this. It's <laughs> okay. They were having, <laughs> they, had been, they were sleeping together. Yeah. yeah. They were sleeping together for the last six months and he was still underage, under 18. Mm. And, um, he was my age. We were like, he's a year older than me. We were really close in age, I guess. Um, and that was just a very shocking realization. Mm. Um, and the years that followed, there was, there's a lot of details that I are unnecessary, but the mm -hmm. point is that, um, how I felt from the situation was that she had indirectly, I guess, betrayed my trust and, um, kind of my, per my perspective of her really changed during that time because out of that lie, she actually continued to lie even more and then it just my perspective of her even got worse and worse and worse after that and um that was really hard for me because I had kind of modeled my relationship with the Lord with her relationship with the Lord and almost I mean it could have been close to like uh, a sinful thing because I almost followed her more than I did actually Jesus and his words because mm. um, I probably wasn't as I definitely wasn't that disciplined at the time and I wasn't reading my Bible regularly so like I was kind of um, like catching the wake of her love for God and her faith. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I was it does. like, yeah. Um, and I hadn't exactly got on that ride on my own. I wasn't really, I didn't really have the courage to, or I just didn't know how. Um, and I was also younger, I guess. Um, so that was the hurt that, I had experienced was having somebody who probably the, the closest person to me emotionally and like spiritually and physically, <laughs> like she had been my longest friend, um, mm. have that betrayal of trust, I guess. Um, wow. How did you, <laughs> how did you start to recover from that? Cause that is a pretty big gash, a p pretty big wound. Yeah. Um, how did I start to recover? I didn't start to recover until at least half a year afterward. And I actually ended up leaving um, the town that I was in and moving to another town um, to stay with like an aunt and uncle for a while. And then I actually loved it there. So my parents decided to move there with me my senior year. Um, and I think that's when the healing started, um, was kind of being separated from the drama of it mm -hmm. all. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause the town that I was in, it was very small and everyone knew who we were and everyone knew how close I was to her. And when it, the word got out that she had stepped down from her position in the church, um, it was a very big deal because she had been there for so long and so many people knew her and um, everyone knew that that's what she loved doing. So mm -hmm. it was just interesting that she would step down and a lot of people would ask me about it because I was closest to her, closest associated with her, basically. 
Mm. Um, so every time I try to heal from it or just think about anything else and not dwell on the hurt, um, someone would ask about it. And uh, it was really hard. So you created some physical space and boundaries, but how did you separate what she had done with your relationship with God? Mm, yeah. Um, I honestly don't, I, I know that I can't take credit for um, staying faithful to God, I guess, during that time because I felt so like distant and distraught. Um, so you're asking, sorry, you're asking like, how did I separate the two? Yeah. How did you differentiate? Cause like what you were saying earlier, she was pretty much the closest thing to Jesus you with skin on that you had in your life. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so how were you able to go? Okay. Cause I, I think what you're talking about, not everyone's going to experience something like that, but it's such a common story for someone to get really close to another Christian. Right. Mm -hmm. And then for that Christian to just totally uh, abuse that um, trust or to mm. um, hurt that person, you know, because they're human, because we're fallen, because sin is real, you know, all those different yeah. things. And so um, I'm just wondering for the girl or the, or the person who's listening on the other side, who's going, man, I can really relate to that crushing, to that total disappointment. I'm just wondering, Alyssa, you're at a place in your life now where you're clearly walking with the Lord, like, what was it that caught you in even in that despair? Like what brought you out of that? That was like, man, what she did was wrong, but it wasn't Jesus. How were you mm. able to tell the difference? I guess, I don't know. I guess it's been pursuing truth, honestly. Um, mm. And realizing that people are not the truth. Only one person was the truth. And I don't know, seeking truth from something aside from her. So I would listen to a lot of like Christian Christian podcasts and sermons and um, one of the things that really stuck out to me was um, which I think it's by Pastor John Mark from Bridgetown in Portland but he he talks about how important it is to study the life of Jesus and how he lived on earth and realizing I guess for me I had to realize that Jesus was the only perfect person um, the biggest thing for me was discovering my own humanity in that. Because I think for a long time I resented her and I was really angry. And I was angry that someone could make such stupid decisions. <laughs> in my opinion, it was very stupid. I think objectively most people might think that. Um, I, just, I, it just, I just cannot comprehend that. Because I was like, how could you loving God actually make those decisions make each small decision that led you up to the point that you were in like how could anyone do that and um it really was just having to humble myself mm -hmm. that I was able to see the difference between her and see God um I had to see where I was I am just as prone as she is as she was to make those decisions and seeing the sins that I have and not making them any less or greater than her sins. Um, hmm. It kind of intertwines with theology for me because it just goes back to the fall of humanity and how much more we need God 
when we are so broken um, and I'm so broken and we need his grace and so much is by the grace of God. Yeah. Uh, if not all. <laughs> it reminds me yesterday. Um, I think it was yesterday. My, my mind's kind of scrambled. Um, but our pastor was talking about um, the parable in scripture where it talks about Jesus um, or Jesus tells the parable of the servant who owed his master like 10,000 pounds of gold or something like that. I'm getting the details wrong. So look it up in scripture, <laughs> but it's a ton of money. And um, he's begging because the master is going to throw him into prison or whatever. And, and um, the master forgives him this huge sum of money. And then the man yeah. turns around and he goes to somebody who owes him just a little bit. And um, he demands his money back. When the guy can't pay, he punishes him. And the people that are around him see this, and they go and tell the original master, and the master's furious, you know? And it's all about what you're talking about, which is grace, about how when mm -hmm. we recognize how much we've been forgiven, that huge sum that we've been forgiven, it's impossible for us not to forgive the people around us. And... Mm -hmm. um, and that's Jesus, right? But it, like what you're talking about, it is that humanity, that recognition of our own prone to wander, you know, like that mm -hmm. song goes, I'm prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. And, um, yeah. and yeah, it's so hard when somebody crushes us like in such a devastating way. And for so many of us that can totally send us on, on a totally different journey. Was there ever a moment for you where you were like, you know what? Um, I don't need to follow this Jesus anymore. Uh, I, where you felt betrayed, not just by her, but by him. I guess I did feel that. Um, but I knew it wasn't true. I guess I knew that somehow there had to be deeper truth and that God was sovereign and good in it all. Um, and I knew that even deeper. Mm. <laughs> So even though I had doubts and I was unsure if maybe like Jesus and all this is just made up or something. Um, I don't know. I guess I knew that deep in my soul that it is true. And even on an intellectual level, like the Bible on, from a historical perspective and a scientific perspective and like on every, and on every view you can take, I mean, every, what do you call it? Every perspective you can take of the Bible to, like, pursue its truth and seek its truth, everything. Like, on an intellectual level, like, theology had always made sense. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah. What would you say to the girl who might be like, screw it. <laughs> like, I don't care if it's true. Um, I'm just pissed. <laughs> Maybe that's the thing. <laughs> I don't know. But like, seriously, like I'm just mad and I just want to give yeah. up. I don't want to pursue, even if it's real, I don't care. Because I feel like yeah. that's kind of, I don't know, there's a song out right now by Kesha um, called Him. And if you don't listen to the lyrics, but the lyrics are like, if it's true, I don't care. I don't want to go, right? I don't care if there's a heaven mm -hmm. or whatever. And it's such a demoralizing song, but in in some ways that big middle finger is kind of indicative of the culture we live in right now. It's kind of like, um, and I'm not saying everybody is like this, but when bad things happen, it's like, whatever, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. And I don't really mm -hmm. feel the desire to pursue something 
um, when I've been hurt. And I guess specifically to someone who's been, who's grown up in the church, who had all these hopes and dreams wrapped into, you know, it's personified in a real person. And then, um, all, but also knows that Christ is real. Kind of like what you were saying, you had that experience that moment when you were 11, where Jesus, you knew he was real. It wasn't just stories. It wasn't mm-hmm. just theory anymore. You experienced that anointing. And, and then, you know, what do you do with that? So I guess all of that and <laughs> convoluted, yeah. but like, what advice would you give to that girl? It's like, I just want to give up. It's not worth it. Well, it's like, it's like any relationship, really. It's like you go through the infatuation phase and the feelings are great. And I love the feelings and I love when I can have the feelings, but I'm not dependent on those feelings, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think those feelings have validified my, my mind and like what I've decided the Lord is to me. And, um, yeah, I think the Lord really honors and adores those who will love him even when the feelings fade away Mm -hmm. and not that they fade away forever um I don't think they do like for me it's just different seasons you can feel it sometimes you can't but after a season of drought (laughs) if you could say and all of a sudden the rain comes down and you feel the presence of the Lord it's so rewarding and so satisfying and you're so thankful that you never walked away I would I mean encourage girls to not be um, driven by emotion (laughs) as much as I am prone to do that as well I think it's so easy to just follow our emotions and follow our whims and and on a practical sense what is something that you do to continue pursuing loving God even in the life stage that you're currently in because you're in college you're busy Mm -hmm. you love to travel you love the outdoors which you and I don't share that love. <laughs> I love it from, you know, a nice air conditioned um, perspective, but you love being outdoors. So you, you have lots of friends, you have a busy life. Um, how do you pursue loving Jesus and finding something real? Mm. Following Jesus example of solitude, <laughs> because after I mean, after he was baptized, he went to the desert for 40 days. And I always like think of that whenever I feel distant from the Lord. I'm like, oh, I need to follow Jesus's example of getting away from the friends and the excitement, you know, like the desert is like a metaphor of just nothing, nothing stimulating. Um, like at least to me, that's how I interpret it. So it's like um, just like going away from even like computers and social media and everything it's just so like active just going outside and being by a lake or just being in the woods alone um for me it's how I reconnect with the Lord and um how I hear his voice too because um I think the most important thing is that we can hear the Lord's voice even though it's so easy to uh distract ourselves and let it drown out but I don't know. I guess for me, the most important thing, I think it's the most fruitful thing is when I actually listen to the Lord and then <laughs> obey him. <laughs> awesome. So final question. This podcast is about finding something real and it's kind of an acronym, right? I shouldn't say kind of, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, finding restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love in Jesus. Mm. 
And um, I'm just wondering of those things, restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love, which thing stands out to you the most now? And if you know why? I think after discussing um, wounds of my past, I think it's restoration. I guess I just see how um, how the Lord has worked in my life when I surrender and give him control. Um, and knowing that restoration does not come from my efforts, it comes from the Lord. Um, because I can make all the plans to restore my soul, especially as a psychology major, I can make the, the scientific um, supported, the science supported plan to make myself the best mentally stable and thriving human being I could possibly be <laughs> on like a theoretical level. <laughs> um, but the reality is that that's not exactly reality all the time. And there's an unknown in the world and that gives God room to move. And when I listen to him, then he restores me, if that makes sense. <laughs> yes. Well, and it's like that verse, he restores my soul, right? I don't know. Mm -hmm. In the psalm, he leads me b besides the still waters. <gasps> psalm 23. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. That has been <laughs> on my heart recently. <laughs> cool. Well, Alyssa, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I so appreciate it. Oh. You're awesome. And I'm so excited for the things God's doing in your life. Mm -hmm. So thank, thank you, you so much. Janelle. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. If you love this series, hit subscribe and come back next week when we talk with another guest about their story towards finding something real. Per usual, you can also follow along on Instagram at Janelle underscore M underscore Wood or using the hashtag Finding Something Real. Every Thursday around 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I try to jump on there and host an Instagram Live where we recap the week's episode, talk with friends, and answer any questions that might come up. So feel free to join me on there. And of course, you can also sign up for the free study guide that goes along with this current series by heading over to my website at www.janellewood.com. Remember friends, you are loved and have a purpose. Until next time.